0: You can go ahead and open up your copy of the scriptures to Psalm chapter 9. Psalm uh, chapter 9. I want to start our time together by reading a few verses from Psalm chapter 9. I love hearing the turning of pages. That's good. That's good. Psalm chapter 9, starting in verse 1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I want to read those one more time because they're short, but they're what really frames up all we're going to be talking about today. So starting again in verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Would you pray with me as we, as we dive into God's word? Lord, you are good and worthy of praise. You have done so much. If we were to spend time recounting all of your deeds, uh, we could keep going for eternity. God, help us to be glad, to exalt in you, to sing of your praises all day. Jesus, thank you for what you've done on the cross because we know that is why we can be thankful people. Because you have given grace and mercy where we had none, where we had no hope. And through the cross, we can receive forgiveness and eternal life. So Jesus, we pray all these things in your name today. Amen. The great musician Willie Nelson said, When I started counting my blessings my whole life, Turned around. When I started counting my blessings. My whole life turned around. Charles Dickens. The author you may be familiar with. Said reflect upon your present blessings. Of which every man has plenty. Not on your past misfortunes. Of which all men have some. And one more author. William Ward wrote. Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. I think in this room, all all of us would be willing to say we agree with these quotes. Thankfulness and gratitude are good and desirable things. Yet if we're to be honest... And I think we should be. It's often hard to be thankful, isn't it? It's often hard to be truly thankful for what we have, where we are, the place in life we are, the cards God has dealt us. Thanksgiving is an irreplaceable trait in the life of every Christian. In fact, I think Thanksgiving is one of the greatest marks of a mature believer. When I think about the men that I would like to be like, they are thankful people. They are grateful people. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it definitely means thankfulness and gratitude are worth pursuing. The older that I get, the longer that I live, the more Mother's Day's that I get to celebrate with my family, I'm learning that this day in particular brings both joy and sorrow. It is a day that reminds us of what we have, but sometimes what we don't. It brings to mind what we've been given and often what we've lost. So what would God have us do on a day like this? Where, where joy and sorrow so quickly mingle together. I believe and I, I think God's word would, would show us this and will uh, today. That God would have us press our hearts towards thanksgiving. Thanksgiving towards thankfulness. I I believe God would have us align our hearts with the psalmist like we just read and cry out, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. This is not a trite thank you card type thanksgiving. This is coming to the Lord knowing he is what we need in all circumstances. I think G.K. Chesterton described the value and effect of thanksgiving in a life really well in this quote. He said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought. And that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. So I think the Lord would call us today to consider and to think about giving thanks... So that we don't give up. We give thanks. So that we don't give up. There is a direct correlation. Between a grateful heart. And a persevering heart. I think we see this all over scriptures. So this morning. I would like to consider with you three reasons. Three reasons why we should give thanks so that we don't give up three reasons and i'm going to say this a lot to press in to thankfulness to push our hearts towards thankfulness when it's hard and even when it's when it hurts because god does mighty things when we press into thankfulness no matter the circumstances so the first, the first reason I want to bring you to Scripture 4 is I think we must give thanks to cling to our hope in Christ. We must give thanks to cling to our hope in Christ in order to cling to our hope in Christ. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to read to you from this letter written by the apostle Peter to his brothers and sisters in Christ I want to read to you verse three through five and here's what I want you to make note of before we read it it won't say the word thankfulness it won't say the word thank you but if you can try to hear with me the tone of this text the, the, uh, what, how would Peter have said this if he was standing here and saying it to us? I, I don't think you can miss it, and I'll try to read it in such a way. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you hear that? The blessed be the God and Father of our Lord jesus christ often in scripture the words blessing and praise and thankfulness are all kind of tied together but they're all exalting god for who he is what he's done and what he's given you you can't miss the joy filled exclamation of peter as he writes to his brothers and sisters in christ but what is he so grateful for and, and why would he write like this? Well, Peter has experienced the grace of God in his life. And not just in his life. He's watched, he's watched other people experience this mercy and grace, this forgiveness. Look at how he talks about it. You can't miss these words. He says, according to his great mercy so when we think about what we've received in Christ it's according to his great mercy actually my favorite phrase is right after that where he says he has caused us to be born again he has caused us to be born again there's no room for me to insert myself into this part of the text and say I've earned this There's no room for me to to push myself in here and say, yeah, I mean, of course God picked me because I'm pretty awesome. No. Look at that. Look at the way that it said. He caused us, according to his great mercy, to be born again. Peter understood this. He understood it personally. He understood it corporately. And it caused him to give thanks to God. He saw that his hope was alive, that his future was bright because of what Christ has done, that Jesus is alive, and now that we get to look to eternity. Look at how he talks about this great inheritance in verse four, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Listen to how he's talking about the beauty of the gospel. Now, you might be thinking, well, Ryan, what does this have to do with what you just said about today being hard for people? What does this have to do with Mother's Day? Because I think if we're careful, we forget the context of what Peter's even writing right here. We're quick to think, yeah. But they're not in my circumstances right now. And I don't want to make light, I hope you hear me a million times, I don't want to make light of anything that is going on in your life. But we are tempted to say, if he was going through what I'm going through, he might not talk like that. He might not pray like that. That's what I love about Scripture. There's always some more context, right? There's always more that is going on. And if we read verses six through nine, we actually hear a little more about what is going on. Verse six says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is, it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor to the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Did you see it? There are hard things going on in these believers' lives right now. In fact, uh, that's why he starts in verse one by saying, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. What we don't realize is they're actually, he's writing to a people who have been scattered by persecution. Scattered by hard things going on in their life. Persecution specifically for their faith. For who they are. And their trust in Christ. So Peter's actually penning this letter to people who have been spread out because of persecution in their life. These people have known hurt. These people have tasted persecution. Persecution. Yet Peter, and I think God through Peter, because we understand how scripture is, pushes these people gently towards thankfulness and what God has done through Christ on the cross. Look at how he talks about this. He says, we can endure trials because of hope. He says, rejoice. In this you rejoice though you're going through various trials. And then you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. These people that Paul, sorry, that Peter is writing to, new hardship. And Paul, I said it again. Peter is encouraging them, begging them, pointing them towards thankfulness in Jesus as what they need. This is the same thing. This is not just written to them. This is the same thing you and I must do. We must press into thankfulness if we don't want to throw in the towel when life gets hard. We give thanks so we don't give up. Pressing into thankfulness, moving into thankfulness is not an oversimplified, cheap, or unhelpful response when we're discouraged, disheartened, Or feeling like giving up. It's a biblical response. That God is inviting us into. Because he knows it helps. He knows that taking our hurt. To the only one who can heal. Is what's best for our soul. And we do that. As we turn to the Lord. And declare who he is. And we thank him for what he's done. God's word would press us. Towards thankfulness. When we consider what God has done for us in the midst of these hard moments, we are reminded, friends, that we are not alone. That we're not alone. Susan Lutz explained it well in her little booklet called Thankfulness Even When It Hurts. And if, if you're hurting right now, pick that booklet up from the Resource Center. I read it this week, and it is Amazing is so helpful. But listen to what she says uh, about thankfulness even when it hurts. She says, as soon as you are thankful, you enter the presence of God. You instantly are reminded that you are not alone in your situation, isolated, feeling as if you've been left to fight your battles on your own. When you're thankful, you remember that you are living your life in God's presence. Being thankful is not just a technique in which you talk yourself into a positive frame of mind. Thankfulness reminds you that you have a relationship with the living God. He is listening. He is involved. He is there with you. In thankfulness, you are thinking like heaven, even if your circumstances seem more like something else. So if you've experienced loss, particularly loss, that hurts a little more today on the day we call Mother's Day, pursue thankfulness, friends. It is the healing ointment that God has prescribed for your hurt. Come to the Lord in thankfulness. Maybe you're here today and you're longing to be a mother And God has not provided that to you yet. Press into thankfulness, friends. God will use it to stir your soul and remind you you're not alone. Maybe it's not so much today, Mother's Day, that has you hurting, but you're hurting right now because of a hard circumstance or trial in your life. Pursue thankfulness. Talk to the Lord about what he's done and given you. God uses thankfulness to bring perspective and healing. So what does this really look like? You you know, Ryan, you're talking a lot about thankfulness and and being thankful. Um, Do I have to be thankful about my situation? Like, how do I do this? (laughs) Well, it would just be you coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I know you are good, but this really hurts. God, I know you are sovereign and I don't understand why you would do this or allow this. But this I know. I was once lost. Now I'm found. God, I know this hurts. But once I was your enemy, now I am your friend. Once I was your enemy, now you've adopted me. God, thank you for what you have given me. Thank you for the grace that I've been given, Lord, that I needed you and you didn't turn your back on me. You brought me near. That's how we practice thankfulness when it hurts. That's how we press into thankfulness when it's hard. It does not deny, does not deny the hurt. We're not pretending the hurt does like it doesn't exist. No, we're bringing our hurt to the Lord who can help. And thankfulness is one of the primary tools God has prescribed to help us. Press in to thankfulness. No matter your hurt or your circumstance, Thanksgiving is always a worthwhile pursuit. Thanksgiving, just honestly, is not just about November. I did... I did a quick search this week while I was preparing, looking for some articles just to, uh, as I was thinking about what, what I would say. And I searched two websites that I normally would go to to get articles about different things. And about out of the top 40 articles that were pulled up, like 35 of them were, were for November. They were, they were all about Thanksgiving in November. I think we need, we need to redeem thankfulness. Thankfulness is a year-long practice for us. We can celebrate in November, but if that's the only time we're pressing our hearts towards thankfulness, we're gonna be unequipped for life's hard things. We need to redeem thankfulness. Remember how God talks about it, not just culturally how we talk about it. As Christians, Our single greatest thing we have to be thankful for is Christ and the mercy and grace he has poured out on our lives. As we give thanks, we cling to Christ. As we give thanks, we cling to the hope we have in Jesus. Even when our world seems to be falling apart. Give thanks to cling to your hope In Christ. You see this all over scriptures. But there's some other reasons I want to draw your attention to uh, as far as why we should give thanks. Why should we press in to a thankful heart? And the second one I want to draw your attention to is this. We give thanks to remember that God gives good gifts. We give thanks to remember that God gives good gifts. I don't know about you. I'm a forgetful man. I'm quick to focus on what's going on right in front of me, two inches in front of me, when I should be just taking a quick glance back and seeing all that God's already done for me. I'm a forgetful man, so I think that's one of the reasons God calls us to remember all the time But that's what thanksgiving does is it presses our hearts towards things like, God, you are a good gift giver. You love your kids. You want to give them good gifts. Turn in your copy of the scriptures to James chapter 1. This verse probably is familiar to most of you, but I want to sit in it just for a moment and and really remember God gives good gifts to his kids. James chapter 1, verse 17 Reads like this Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God doesn't just simply give good gifts, every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Anything good in your life is God given. Anything good in your life is from God. How many times, I'll I'll confess, how many times have I been blinded by my own circumstances and I can't even think about what I have to be thankful for? I'm facing this problem or this issue or this task I've got to get done and I totally forget about the good gift giver that we have in God. But if we're to be honest and once again I normally say this I think we should be we're in church (laughs) I think we don't we don't necessarily deny that God has given us good gifts in the past we're just afraid he's going to stop we're afraid we've received the good gifts he's already allotted to our life and everything going forward is not going to be good you ever felt like that You ever been facing a situation or or dealing with a a certain trial and just wondering, not so much, God, I know you've given me good in the past, but is it over? Will I ever taste good again? That's what I love about this text. It doesn't just draw you to God as just simply a good gift giver, but it reminds us that he's unchanging. It says all good gifts, every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So not only is he a good gift giver, not only is every good and perfect gift in your life from the Lord, he's not done because he is a good gift giver. That is who he is by nature. Now, friends, I, I I know we need to say this. It's not that everything that happens in your life feels good but that God is who he says he is and is gonna continue to give good gifts to his kids. That should encourage us, friends. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that should encourage us because we know not only does he give good gifts, he's not going away. He's not done. He's not done giving good gifts. I think sometimes we have forgotten how to rejoice in the good gifts God gives us. My son Isaiah, he turned four this past week. Um, we had a party for him on uh, Saturday. Just some of our family came over and he got uh, some, some fun gifts. And uh, my, my mom and dad bought him a uh, stormtrooper mask. So it's this little thing he goes on his face. it has got a little strap behind us and he gets to pretend to be a stormtrooper. Um, but when he was opening that gift, I saw something in my son that I've never seen before. And mind you, Isaiah is the one God is using most to sanctify us right now. (laughs) He's he's the one God is you know you know exactly what I mean by that if you're a parent. Uh, He is using Isaiah to, to sanctify us. But while he was opening this gift, I saw something in my son that I'd never seen before. It was funny and hilarious, and I was laughing. But he starts to open this gift and he sees what it is. And he did a happy dance. He did this. He went, oh, as he's opening this gift. I'd never seen him do anything like that before. When was the last time you did your happy dance? Yeah, no, it's it's funny, right, in the context of that. But when was the last time you genuinely rejoiced in the good gifts God has given you? When was the last time you went, oh, thank you, Lord, so our God is a good gift giver. He loves his kids and lavishes them with good gifts. I'm gonna do something that I've never done in the middle of a service. I'm gonna stop talking for 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. Ryan, stop talking. I got you. Now, seriously. In about 30 seconds, I'm gonna stop talking altogether. And here's what I want from you I simply want you to consider in your own heart and in your own mind what God has given you. I want, to, I want you to make a mental notes, run through a list of the many things you have to be thankful for. Just 30 seconds, it's all it's gonna take. Are you guys ready? Go. That was 30 seconds. My guess is, if I gave you some more time, you could use every bit of it. Even after those 30 seconds, is there anybody in here that'd like to do a little bit of a happy dance? I'm not gonna make you do it. Friends, have we forgotten how to be thankful? Have we forgotten how to run through in our mind all the many things God has given The people, the places, the food, the job, the school, the family, the friends. Have we forgotten how to be thankful? Our God is a good gift giver. We see this practice of thanking the Lord for who He is, what He's done, and what He's given us all over Scripture. We see it in 1 Chronicles 16. Where verse thirty four says, Oh give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. We see it in Second Corinthians four chapter uh, four fifteen, where it says, For it is all, all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. One of the greatest things that should happen in our heart last week as, we're, as people are stepping into that tank over there and professing Christ is that should stir a, a newfound thankfulness in your heart for God still working in the lives of people. As you're watching people profess Christ, if your heart is not moved to thankfulness, I would just simply ask you why? What is in the way that, that we can't be thankful for the great work God is doing? Turn to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is another great place where God just shows us what thankfulness looks like because he is good to us. Psalm 100 reads like this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. He made us and we are his. If I could break that down for us today, what that means is everything good in us and everything good we have is from God. Anything good in us and anything good we have is from God. Friends, we as Christians should be the most joy-filled, thankful people on the planet. First, as we said earlier, because we've experienced the grace of God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We've been given mercy when we deserved wrath. We've been forgiven when we've earned judgment. We should be thankful. But the second reason that we have to be thankful is because we know that anything good in our life is from the Lord. That should stir up thankfulness in our hearts even when life is hard. We should not be afraid to do a little happy dance. As we consider God's good and perfect gifts he's given us. So give thanks to cling to your hope in Christ. And when all is hurting and feeling lost, you still have the greatest thing you ever needed. Give thanks to remember God gives good gifts. And then the last one I want to uh, bring to you today is we give thanks to weaken the power of the flesh in our lives. We give thanks... To weaken the power of flesh, of our sinful flesh in our lives. John Piper describes sin very well, and we've used this before. Sin is what we do when your heart is not satisfied with God. No one sins out of duty. We sin because it holds out some promise of happiness. So we run to our sin because what we have and what, we, what uh, we've been given doesn't satisfy us in the moment. We have forgotten the goodness of God and the gifts he's given us. So where, where do you get that, Ryan? Where have you ever seen that? Well, let's take a look. Philippians chapter 4. You guys would be very familiar with this text, but something honestly has jumped off the pages over the past year in this text that I've never noticed before. Philippians chapter 4. Let me read verse six to you. You're familiar with what comes before this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, but verse six says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. I've read this up a billion times. <laughs> but the Lord has been showing me thankfulness all over the scriptures that I hadn't noticed. What does God call us to do when we're anxious, when we're worried, when we're afraid? He says to pray, but not just simply pray. Pray everything with thanksgiving. It's how we fight our worry and our fear. When we're struggling with anxiety, we've almost always lost sight of who God is, what he does, and who he's promised to be to us. We get caught up, and I, I'll just be me. I get caught up in our fears, in, in playing out uh, the worst case scenario in my mind when somebody makes this decision and they're heading that direction. I want to change it and control it and I can't or something's happening and, and, I, and, and I don't want that to happen and my mind just runs. It just runs and follows this path. But what thankfulness does is it makes you stop and look up and reminds you of the God you serve. It makes you stop and look up and say, God, I know you're faithful. I know you are sovereign. I, I want to be in control, but I'm not. And I actually know, Lord, you know what is best for me. Thankfulness helps us stop and look up. And that'll help us fight our sin. What thankfulness allows us to do is to remember the character of God. God. And how he has shown himself to be faithful both in the past and today. God's plan for us is to fight our fear and anxiety with prayer and thanksgiving. With prayer and thanksgiving. That's not the only place we see it in scripture and I I can't take you to all of them. But turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Just Should be back just a couple of pages in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 3 through 5 read like this. But sexual morality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Let there be thanksgiving. You see sexual morality. You see covetousness, crude and filthy language. And God's word says, press into thankfulness. Put on thankfulness today. Because at the heart of sexual sin and covetousness is dissatisfaction with where God has you and what you want. If we were to wake up every day and determine to start our day in God's word and to, and to be thankful, I do think our days would look differently. I don't know that it, it, I'm pretty sure it would not change the things that are going to happen to us. But it allows us to start our day confessing our need for God. And confessing that we have what we need through Christ. And then confessing, God, you know and have all the good gifts in your bag. And you're going to give me what I need why we would press into thankfulness that's why we push our hearts and i'm saying this because it's not easy it's not easy in most situations that we need to be thankful it feels odd feels hard but i do think god's word is very clear we need to push our hearts towards thankfulness because through that god works so this leads me really to one final question for you this morning Consider your own life. Is it overflowing with thankfulness? Is your life overflowing with thankfulness? If we ask those closest to you, maybe it's the person sitting right next to you, to to answer this question for you, what would they say? Does complaining or gratitude characterize you? Are you characterized by being quick to remind yourself and other people of the beauty of the cross and thankfulness? Are you specifically using thankfulness in your own heart to fight your sinful flesh? We as Christians should be the most joy-filled, thankful people in all the world. And yes, when it's hard. Once again, I don't want to make light of any situation or hurt, but this is what God is pressing us to think about and consider. Thankfulness is what He's called us to do. In your home, in your school, in your job, in your neighborhood, does thankfulness define you? We must give thanks to cling to our hope in Christ. We must give thanks to remember that our God gives good gifts to His kids. We must give thanks to weaken the power of the flesh. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 is a verse that I know many of us are familiar with. But listen to how God talks about thankfulness. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It's actually God's will. For you and for me to pursue thankfulness. Brothers and sisters, thankfulness is God's will. It's not because he's so desperate. It's not because he's desperate to hear how awesome he is. It's because he knows it's good for our souls to be thankful. He knows it's what we need. It reminds us of the gospel. It's our healing balm during hard times. It, it reminds us that God is good and gives good gifts and that he is better and more satisfying than any sin you might want to pursue. So give thanks, brothers and sisters, so you don't give up. On this Mother's Day, whether you come in here loaded with grief or full of joy or a little bit of both, let it lead you to thankfulness where you're reminded you're not alone, that that God loves you and he's got good gifts for you. Let's pray together. God, you are good. What you do is right. And we confess that we need your help to be thankful. God, would you show us even now as we close the many, 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 many things we have to be thankful for. Namely, you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for the cross. That through what you did on the cross and and the resurrection, we can now be made right with God. Thank you for your forgiveness and grace. Draw us into a deeper relationship with you where we are quick to be thankful because we know you well. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.